No, no, no. Hold, hold it like a... No, no, here. Here, let me show you. Hold it like this. Yeah, and, and then... Uh, yeah, 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 just like that. Now, just just light it here, and then... Wait a minute, where's the lighter here? Oh, yeah, here you go. Here. Uh, now, as you light it, start sucking on this part. Like, uh, you know, inhale through your mouth. Perfect. See? You're a pro already. Sure you've never done this before? First time, huh? Well, welcome to the club, big guy. All right. Let's hurry up before Mark gets here. Yep, just like I showed you. That's okay, man. It's a rookie mistake. We've all done that. Okay, now here, j just, just try it again, but just watch your thumb this time, okay? Sorry, I, I didn't mean to laugh, man. There, there you go. You got it. You got it. Just keep sucking on that thing. Keep, keep inhaling. Whoa, dude, easy, easy, not so hard. Okay, okay, that, 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 that's enough. You can stop. No, no, you can stop inhaling, man. Really, I think you got it all. Okay, no, now just hold it. Hold, just, just hold it in. Jesus, what did you have for breakfast, man? How about brushing your teeth once in a while? Christ. Well, you feel anything? Timo? You in there, man? Hey, Timo. Timo! <laughs> well, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you did it right, man. You did the crap out of it. <laughs> okay, well, you know, Mark's gonna be here any minute, so uh, you better go lay down or something, okay? I'll check in with you later. You, you smell colors? Yeah, you, you really need to lay down, man. There you go, baby. Nice job. Timo did good. Yeah. Yeah, milk friend. Team Timo friend, too. Whoa. Really heavy stoned friend. Oh. Okay. Okay, there you go. There you go, Timo. Uh, toddle off now. Nighty-night. Alright. Okay, better get the air clear before Mark gets here. Oh man, sorry. I am I'm so late. I I'm sorry, Mild. 
Hey. Good morning, man. Um, yeah, traffic, I don't know what... It was a mess today. Uh, I'll tell you later. Um, are you, are you ready? Ready to start? Well, ready when you are, amigo. Okay, uh, well, I'll get, get over there and, uh, we'll kick it off. All right. Hit it. Smell something out there? It sort of smells like. Uh, I don't smell a thing, man. Nope, not me. Not a thing. No, sorry. <clears throat> okay, uh, this is uh, Fuse Box number 39 Superior Lesions. And you are the cure. And a glorious and green good day to you all on this officially un official April 20th holiday. I am indeed your host, Mark Rose, and are you sure you can't smell that? I swear, I smelled something when I arrived this morning, you know? And and it, it's, it's, you know what it kind of smells like? It, well, as a matter of fact, it does smell like regret and perhaps a little bit of fear mixed in. Uh, maybe just a hint of shame. Maybe, maybe a hint, yeah. It smells almost like a combination of Purple Mountain's Majesty and Squid Sizzle Number Two. Uh, I, I really don't smell any. <laughs> oh, hey, look who's here! <laughs> hey, Timo. Uh, shouldn't you, uh, shouldn't you be upstairs, relaxing? <laughs> T Timo, are you, uh, you feeling okay, man? You look a little greener around the gills than normal. <laughs> uh, Timo, we're doing the show, man. Go back upstairs. What's he eating? No idea, man. Hey, hey, Timo, let, let, let's get you upstairs, okay, man? So Mark and I can... Oh, God. Uh, no, no, thanks, big guy. Maybe later. Right now, we need to start the show, okay? Okay. Yikes. I mean, I've never seen him. What was he eating anyway? Well, it looked like Doritos and uh, pine cones uh, with chocolate sauce and, uh, uh, you know, foot powder. Foot powder? Well, hell, man, you know how that guy eats. Timo likes the more uh, exotic fare. You know? Yeah, but... Hey, wait. Wait a Cheech and Chong minute here. Today is April 20th. 
4.20. Weed day. Holy carp. He's stoned, isn't he? Did you get Timo stoned? Well, uh, yeah, I did. I mean, maybe just a little. A little? Okay, maybe, maybe a lot. I thought he was going to suck down the whole damn bong, man. <laughs> you know Timo doesn't do anything small, right? Ay, ay, ay. You think he'll be okay? Eh, as long as he's got something to munch on, yeah, I, I think he'll be all right. But uh, we might want to order 20 or 30 anchovy garlic pizzas, you know, just to be safe. Okay, well, let's get on with this show. Uh, while you check on our very large and very stoned friend, okay? So, uh, I can expense the pizzas, right? <sighs> you doing all right in there? Oh, yeah, he's fine. He's just a little woozy is all. Hey, uh, you got any barbecue sauce? He was wondering. What, for, for the pizzas? Uh, no, uh, for the ice cream, evidently. Yeah. No. Oops. <sighs> so, uh, le let's see if we can actually get this bird to fly, shall we? <laughs> A brief update here, friends, on one of the things we chatted about on the last show. Uh, I had mentioned that actor-filmmaker Alex Winter, he of uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Venture and uh, one of my faves from him, Freaked, had started a uh, Kickstarter campaign a while back to help fund a uh, definitive documentary on the life of Frank Zappa, of whom he, too, was a huge fan, and also in tandem with that, to save the vault which is this uh, repository of, well, pretty much everything Zappa did from the very, very early 60s to the uh, time of his departing in 93, which covers all kinds of stuff, you know, like live recordings, film projects, radio spots, television projects, interviews, well, you know, just list goes on forever. So, uh, as I mentioned last time, uh, much of this restoration was, uh, was going on anyway through the good graces of Vaultmeister Joe Travers, but uh, very slowly, as it is uh, crazy expensive and requires hours and hours of tedious reconstruction and archiving techniques to preserve the content, uh, most of which lives on technology either long gone or so hybridized at the time that uh, devices to play back said material are harder to find than an honest politician. You know what I'm saying? So enter Alex and his tornado of possibilities. And uh, last Friday, that would have been uh, April 8th in our current time stream here, friends, they managed to raise... $1,200,000 and change for the cause. This helps a lot. So, uh, as we understand from the uh, 
barely conscious videos that Alex has been sending out. (laughs) Work has begun already on said dock and uh, restoration of materials. So uh, we hope to begin seeing some wonderful stuff coming soon from those folks. And you got a poncho. Yes, I do. And uh, not a Sears poncho, a real poncho from uh, our friends at whoisfrankzappa.com as a reward for helping out, among some other things they were throwing out to folks. I got to tell you, though, (laughs) the thing that has me jazzed is the app they're developing that would give you like a virtual tour of the vault, row by row by row. Can you imagine that, really? Really? Like, uh, you can walk around and stuff? Yeah. And uh, as they're describing it, you'd get an up-close and personal look at the at the place, and uh, evidently much of that has already been shot, digitized, uh, or whatever. For as uh, we know, the house is uh, now up for sale as well, part of the stipulations of the Zappa Family Trust, as I understand. So we'll see what sort of uh, tentacle of delight pops up from all of this. Yeah, I dug the guy. Not a big fan of you, but gotta say, when he went up against uh, that PMRC thing, you know, the, the record labeling fiasco, that was amazing testimony. I, you know, I think the guy should have run for president. Well, you know what, Mr. Keynes? He was actually looking into it. He, uh, he started talks with some uh, political consultants to test the waters but uh, became ill around the same time, so... Yeah, nothing unusual about that, right? I mean, there wouldn't be any reason to silence a very popular and outspoken voice at the time, right? Well, you know, there... I mean, we wouldn't knowingly take out heads of state or musicians or anybody else that might just have a better idea than our intergalactic insect-inhabited cabal. And so- then suddenly... So, dear friends, as it was uh, delightfully pointed out to me by our collaborator in audio crime here, Jeff Pollard, the release date of this show is April 20th, which is uh, quite auspicious, as it turns out, because, well, it's 420. And it is, of course, known as Weed Day around the country. Perhaps world, I don't know if the Waldos had that much reach, but be that as it may, 420 has become synonymous with the smoking of cannabis for decades now. And no, it's not a police code. Probably is a police code somewhere, but uh, may have something more to do with... Uh, one Adam 12. See the man at 12 East Riverside. Apparent self-combusting underpants in progress. As you may know... Oregon has, uh, since just last July, actually, made the selling and imbibing of said herb thing legal and regulated and all that. So now we have these little dispensaries popping up like, well, like weeds all over the place, offering their wares to the curious and not-so-curious general populace. So, being on the cutting edge of news gathering, and as a public service to you, our loyal listeners, we ventured out to try to get clarity, to demystify, 
to shine a big... Score some free bud. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Uh, but all with the greater guise of informing you, our valued ear food junkies. A few weeks back, uh, seriously, we had the delightful opportunity to chat with a chap who um, grows the stuff and is a supplier to these dispensaries and is a very erudite guy. Jason Loreno, his name, and he owns a company called Noble Sprout Farms. And he was a wealth of information on this subject. So much, in fact, that we're probably going to break this up into three, uh, three little uh, bite-sized parts for you, as it's really fascinating stuff. And you know what? Even if this isn't a subject of personal interest or even indulgence for you, I think you'll be more than intrigued by this segment. Uh, we've also taken the liberty of doing some live links in the show notes that uh, highlight various things uh, that are discussed in this interview. So when you hear this sound, Exhibit A, just click on the, uh, the exhibit uh, pertaining to that and uh, you'll see what we're talking about. So uh, I asked Jason, who am you anyway on this the Fuse Box Interview. Well, we're currently just engaged in a small time medical farm, just a little proof of concept, but uh, we just got our Lux approved for our new site out in Boring, Oregon, and we're going to be doing top shelf premium cannabis for recreational sale. So what, what I actually am kind of interested in is what the hell drew you to this in the first place? What was the curiosity? Uh, there wasn't any curiosity. In fact, uh, I grew up in Southwest Florida and uh, I, I was never, all my friends were either smoking or selling marijuana when I was growing up, but uh, I was never into it. I tried it a couple times. It made me want to raid the fridge and take a nap. Um, I was always just more of a, a beer guy. And honestly, especially down in Florida, you know, a lot of the people I saw associating themselves with marijuana and actually creating a lifestyle of sorts out of it, I just didn't identify with them. I didn't like them. And I mistakenly connected the plant and certain people. Right. And uh, that just, you know, it, it made me a pot bigot for, for years and years. And I moved out to Oregon in 97 to uh, play music. You know, I, I used to be in punk bands and stuff like that. And it was uh, actually my, my former wife was a pot smoker. And uh, one, one day, you know, we were at band practice and I'd had a few beers and she just... Uh, sparked up a bowl and you know i was just in one of those moods where i was like give me that <laughs> and uh and yeah it was a it was a completely different animal and uh i was a believer i did a complete 180 on my attitude and i started uh doing more and more research and uh i just started getting into it mm. and just enjoying it i mean my mind automatically went to okay well I like this. It's cool. It's also very expensive. How can I cut out the middleman? <laughs> and so that's how I just started, you know, dabbling and growing. After we got our cards, we were among the first 5,000 people in Oregon, I believe, to get our cards. We went down to the uh, 
public broadcasting station where Dr. Philip Levesque and uh, they were hosting this show on public access about how you could legally smoke and grow marijuana. And I, I had heard about it from a friend and I watched this show and I was just riveted and I called him up and they were just like, yeah, come down to the studio. We'll have the, we've got the clinic set up. And so we went down there and, you know, the camera stopped rolling and we all filled out paperwork and met the doc and were advised to, you know, avoid smoking in the rain. And, you know, that was about the extent of it. You and know, we, and this, was this predicated on any medical issue? Well, or? I've had back problems uh, going back to my teen years. I, mm. I had a, a hereditary cyst. Mm. That was, you know, causing a lot of pressure on my back. And they they removed it, um, but it didn't necessarily alleviate some of the problems. Nothing nothing debilitating, right. but, it, you know, honestly, it was enough to get the yes, card. sure. Started getting more and more into the books. And, uh, you know, I'm not a botanist by any stretch, mm. but uh, trial and error and a willingness to just stick with it. And, yeah, after a few years, I ended up being... Being pretty good, if I don't mind saying so. Yeah, well, uh, quite evidently, because uh, it sounds like it's it's going to be a, a remarkably successful venture here. Yes, and I'm sure it'll be, uh, you know, kind of filled with uh, mystery and uh, chaos and all that good stuff, but... Uh, we'll see. You know, I mean, I, I'm going to miss the gray market to a degree because I'm the kind of person who likes to deal with men of character and do things on a handshake and there's mm. there's just a certain when you meet a good person who can operate in that environment yeah it's just i don't know i just enjoy dealing with a man who knows that okay if anything goes south we have no recourse to anybody but ourselves and we will just have to deal with this like men mm-hmm. and just there's a lot of honor and there's a lot of respect involved yeah and I look at the world around us in legitimate business and people screw each other Absolutely. over all the time. It gets very litigious, you know, yeah. and that's just something that in my personal experience in the gray and black markets years and years ago, I'm nothing that I'm doing like that now, but uh, back during those, those days, it, it was honor based and mm-hmm. I respected it. I hope the honor remains. How many states have uh, legalized the possession and uh, growing? Of hemp. At the state level, let's see, we have ourselves, of course, Washington, Colorado, Alaska, and I want to say the District of Columbia. It is legal now in the state of Oregon, but at what capacity? I mean, what, what can a person do if they were looking to indulge? Well, I mean, if you're just looking to do the basics, uh, every adult over the age of 21 can now grow up to four of their own plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the medical program is... Uh, still going strong all these years later. Um, there have been some refinements. Uh, in fact, the most recent legislative session, they, uh, they've tried to iron out some of the potential wrinkles concerning uh, sales of medical and recreational in the same site. Um, because, you know, I mean, this, there are a lot of medicinal qualities to cannabis besides, you know, what I'm gonna be doing, the fun time stuff. You know, people still need to have access to affordable medicine, to have the quality available to them. And so, I mean, the idea of destroying the medical program by means of the recreational program is something that a lot of people that are involved are taking great pains to avoid doing. Now, you're right now, you're set up to be the grower. You, you're not Correct. affiliated with a dispensary or any of that kind of thing, or will no, you and, be? No, and in fact, I've been out of the game so long, I really don't know a lot of the players right now. Uh, I go into a lot of dispensaries. I introduce myself. I try to make connections with personalities, really, and just mm-hmm. tell them what we're looking to do. And 
And uh, that's really been about it. It's just I'm still at the point where I'm building relationships. I mean, the, the work to me is, is the fun part. That's the easy part. Yeah, well, yeah, but I can imagine this is not, this can't be an easy process. I mean, even- There's to, a steep learning curve. Yeah. I mean, I, I started growing in 2000 and uh, <laughs> I, I remember, I think back to my first crop and, and some of the things that I, I did along the way. And uh, I remember back, uh, oh, hell, it must have been 2000 when I got my first plants. Uh, <laughs> I got them. They showed up on the sly. They showed up wrapped up like a, like a child's birthday present. <laughs> and, and, it nice. was, and it was two little solo cups with some soil and a couple of little sprouts sticking uh, out oh. of them. And all the instructions I would possibly need were on this three by five card that came with it. Oh, of course. And I don't think it was more than three hours before I had managed to kill one of those plants. <laughs> I did everything uh. that you possibly could wrong. <laughs> I mean, anybody who knows growing who hears this is just going to just think me the biggest ass. But I, I lined a closet, a white closet, which would have been better off. I lined a white closet with aluminum foil, which actually just absorbs Corked and it. destroys your light quality. <laughs> I threw a couple of shop lights in there nice. not even full spectrum bulbs or anything just a couple of home depot shop lights and then i figured wow they might get cold too so let me put in a heat lamp i think i managed to raise the temperature of that closet to about 120 degrees <laughs> within about two hours and uh yeah yeah nice. within uh within 24 hours i was contacting uh mr birthday gift and asking eh, yeah. any chance i could get another one because nice. uh, this didn't go so well so I've, I've come a little further than that. I mean, how hard can it be? It's a weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. How hard can it be? It, it, it appears that um, the science, you know, regarding these plants and, and the individual strains and uh, plant strengths, you know, has really, really developed over the years, no? Absolutely. And, you know, there have been some very talented people uh, breeders and growers and people who have just had such a passion for it and a love of the plant for many years. And, you know, they've just found perfect phenotypes and created these hybrids that are just, just beautiful works of art, really. I mean, botanical art, if there is such a thing. And, uh, and this has all been underground to this point, largely. I mean, the medical community has definitely made some innovations, but when this goes legal, just imagine the level of innovation that's going to come into it. I mean, when you can have people that don't have to fear the consequences of operating within a gray or black market, right? You're we're going to see some really fast development. That's the you know that is a question. Do you think that there's going to be like um, the only analogy I can think of is a is something like big pharma, you know, moving in and sort of positioning Absolutely. themselves as, as Absolutely. In fact. Uh, Unfortunately, the only entity that I would say that's operating right now that's prepared to take it nationally would be the tobacco companies. Right. And I know that they've always wanted access to it, but right now they're the only ones who I can think of that have the manufacturing capacity and the infrastructure to actually take a federal legalization to the national level. Right. Now, are there like organic mandates on this stuff in some capacity? Is there such a, such a thing yet? to be organically grown and all of that kind of There will be. Yeah. There will be because uh, there's gonna there are gonna be niches. They definitely want to allow for mom and pop. Um, somebody's gonna eventually be Budweiser. Yes. But there's also <laughs> gonna be a lot of, you know, you're gonna have an Alameda, you're gonna have a Burnside Brewing, you know, the equivalent of, of those. Mm -hmm. A lot of boutique type of things, certainly. I certainly hope so, because yeah. honestly, a, a lot of what I see from the 
some of the bigger farms, you know, people that are just trying to put out quantity, I see the quality dropping. Mm -hmm. And I understand it from the perspective of the dispensary owners. They don't want to have to pay any more than they have to to put something on the shelves. And uh, now that it's being taxed, you know, they, they don't want to have to lose the money that they're going to lose to people paying taxes. So, I mean, they're trying to, they're trying to kick that back down to the growers as well. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually a lot like the restaurant business, which I'm very familiar with. And I was a cook. We do a lot of the heavy lifting and then your server gets all the tips. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the relationship <laughs> right now between the growing community and the dispensaries. Mm -hmm. You know, they are the public face. They are the people that are collecting the cash. And they are the ones who are taking a product that I would like to sell for as much as $3,200 a pound. Now they can turn around and gram it out for over four and, they're, and they want to give me two or less. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, the price point has definitely changed. Well, the market's it? saturated for sure. Yeah. And it's only going to get crazier once licenses start coming out. And, uh, you know, I mean, if, if people are all in and just expect to make high dollars forever, there are going to be a lot of bankruptcies as well. In 1971, a magazine by the name of The National Lampoon had a wonderful take on this subject of uh, the commercialization of cannabis. I think they're known more for the movies they produce. They were also very uh, very high on the radar because they were producing a radio program at the same time, which, which featured many of the people who went on to Saturday Night Live. But uh, now in Exhibit A, uh, this, this will be a live link on the, the show notes. And I, I just, I came across this because I actually still have these magazines. Uh, and I seem to recall a little while ago, there was an issue, this, I think it was like the 10th or 11th issue of National Lampoon. Came out in April, I think, of 71, uh, called The Head Issue. Every issue had a, you know, a, speci a specific thing. You know, we're going to kill this dog cover. We're going to, you know, whatever <laughs> right. it is. So The Head Issue was great because uh, somewhere in the double truck of this magazine, they had placed these things. And these are cigarette repackage designs by some of the notable artists of the time. <laughs> Exhibit A. Exhibit B. Uh, for cannabis. And, uh, you know, in 71, it was, a, it was a hoot and a holler. But the fact of the matter is that now we may actually be looking at the legitimizing of some of these uh, pieces of artwork that are, are actually very possible. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I mean, it's, that's, that's not unlike, uh, I mean, you remember the Showtime uh, series Weeds? Yes, of course. Yeah, the, yeah. At the, uh, toward the end of that series, that's, that's exactly what ended up happening, is everything went legal and yep. they were in bed with the tobacco companies and it was inevitable you yeah know, just and they had their cliche little 70s era <laughs> package that they'd been sitting on for 30 years just waiting on legalization yeah right and I, it's inevitable it's, you know that it's going to happen we're going to see it i'd yeah. like to see somebody else have control of it though i'd like to see it remain as uh, artisan as it is right now right. because the people who are involved in it right now are in it because they love it Mm -hmm. And they care. And it's not just money. And the people who really do enjoy the work and being able to see the benefits of it, they're going to be in it regardless of, of the cost. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, if you take all the profit out of it, these are people who are willing to spend their life in prison. They're not going to stop right. because you suck the profit out of it. In the uh, subsequent parts of our discussion, we, uh, we get off into the politics and some interesting technology involved in the plant uh, hybridization thing. So... Please join us for that next time. I assure you, you will not be bored. Might be hungry, but not bored. Hey, uh, is he going to talk about making your own carburetor from an old Diet Fresca can? Uh, no. Seems to me we 
miss that nugget of DIY ingenuity. Well, if you ever want to know. And as the hookah sets quietly in the West, we're going to call this a show. Get our 420 tainted selves out of here. Special thanks to Jason Loreno for enlightenment and his time with us on this. I saw what you did there. Light, enlightenment, light, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? I might just get a contact high from your thoughts. Also thanks to the mildly mind-blown Milt Keynes for technical malfeasance and possible bong-based influences. And thank you, dear friends, for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. I have been your quite vaporized host, Mark Rose, inviting you to join us next time when Trista Perez, she of video vixen fame, will regale us with a vixenized film commentary, one you will not want to miss, or you'll get... That's right. So, gentle listeners, until our next cartoon.